Welcome to IdeaGen TV. Today, I am ecstatic to have with us the Executive Chairman of the Public Foundation, Sergio de Cordova. Sergio, welcome. Thank you for having me, George. So happy to be here. You know what, Sergio? Always great to have you at IdeaGen in person, virtually. Today, we are talking about the Public Foundation, and I'd like to launch right into this interview by asking you, what are some of your plans? What are, I know there's a litany of plans. Let me just say that. But what are, <laughs> you, what are a few of your plans for this new year, 2023? Uh, thank, you, thank, you for, thank you for that, George. Um, you know, for, for us, Public Foundation, we have been really focused over the last couple of years on building more programmatic um, partnerships. So basically, you know, this year we're doubling down with the work that we've done with Don't Choose Extinction, making sure that, you know, all the amazing exposure that we've developed over the years, over the year, excuse me, over the last 12 months, um, you know, with uh, UNDP and Boaz Paldi, who's been leading that as the Chief Creative Officer of the United Nations under UNDP. Um, you know, that's really exciting for us because that has reached the video has been watched by over 2 billion people it's reached over 150 countries it's translated into 57 languages so that's just a perfect example um our next area of focus is going to be you know focusing on women with you and women and violence against women and really grabbing some of the best practices of some of the various initiatives and programs that we've managed and how we can implement that to you know really create programs exposure engagement and tools so that you know we are having this conversation on a regular basis we're also going to be focused on building more public private partnerships around innovation and bringing more private sector engagement family offices specifically into the context of social development into economic development and then last but not least which is our our sort of uh, our, our two gems which is really focused on the sdg media zone and continue to do that work and engaging you know folks around the world on what is happening at the UN and how they can be part of the conversation, how can they be involved, and the SDG Data Hub, which has been one of our very most successful government-facing programs um, that we have that really is looking at how data is a tool for, so, for advancing the sustainable development goals and can also further a government agenda on economic development, sovereignty around data, and policy-driven information and, and policy-driven uh, um, environmental solutions. You know, that's exactly my point is you are working on so many game changing items at the public foundation. And I've got to take a moment here to commend your leadership because I've been privy, uh, and a witness to your leadership, uh, at the UN, uh, with the public foundation and with the work that you're doing. And it's really admirable and perhaps even more so remarkable. And I'd like to ask you on that note, Sergio, how do you describe your specific leadership style? Well, George, for me, leadership is leading by examples, by doing. So from our perspective and everything that we do, we take the initiative, we do it, we don't wait, we actually you know, dive in and then you know, say, you know, do what you say. Um, you know, don't make empty promises, deliver on everything, under promise, over deliver. And, you know, a lot of our partnerships that we have, you know, that's really how people know us is that we 
we uh, we don't promise we get it done. And uh, it's exciting because we bring in an entrepreneurial thinking into the world of impact and multilateralism. And that's incredible to hear. And I, I have a sense that um, your leadership style is welcome, welcomed by those that you are leading in your organization and beyond and your colleagues at the UN and beyond and really across the planet. And as we look at the types of programs that the public foundation is leading, what are some of the current programs? I know you mentioned a few. What are some of the current programs and specifically some of the key areas that you're looking to impact, change, affect? I think that, you know, as I mentioned before, we have, we have a sort of a, a collection of different initiatives and programs. Uh, to me, one of the most important ones is around data, right? The focus on data, data for economic development, data for uh, policy-driven engagement, data to actually look and understand what does climate mean? What does climate mean to me in Sri Lanka? What does climate mean to me in Lithuania? What does climate mean to me in Australia? A lot of this stuff in, in, in the world of impact and advancing and looking at how we are advancing the sustainable development goals, we, are, we, have, to, we have to focus on information and data. And I think that's really, you know, we're going into the midterms, as they say in the UN, this September is the halfway mark of the sustainable development goals. And a lot of what we've been focused since the idea of the sustainable development goals you know, was, was created all the way across to the implementation in, in December of 2015, excuse me, September of 2015, uh, the ratification. From our perspective, it's always been around the data, right? The media tells the story, the technology allows us to bring that information out, but really gathering the data, focusing on that, getting governments and agencies to share that information as well, um, and, and to us, that's really going to be one of the most important programs uh, that, that will really be, as it has been over the last seven years, and will continue to drive that and help educate governments how they can understand that data, not from a commercial intent, but from a human rights perspective, from a human economic driven perspective, how to make their regions, their countries, their uh, communities smarter, stronger, better, more impactful, more effective. And I love the way you describe that, the midterms. Um, midterms in Washington have a different connotation, but the, the midterms for the global goals um, is certainly striking in terms of, you know, having been ratified by all 193 member states in 2015, in September of 2015, as you mentioned. And here we are literally at the midway point, seven and a half years from that time. Um, before we launch into my next question, I wanted to see how do you feel about the achievement of those goals? Are you optimistic? Uh, I, I think we're, achievement's a strong word. I think we're advancing the conversations and it's really, there's not one shoe you know, that, that fits all. There's not one size. I think really what what's happening is, is there's a lot of different ways. You know, we have the private sector, we have the NGOs, you have the intergovernmental organizations, you have national leadership, subnational leadership. So I think that, you know, we're at that point where I would dare say uh, with great excitement is that everybody is aware that there's a way to do better. Everybody's aware that there's a framework, a mechanism. I look at the SDGs as a framework, a framework. If you want to advance 
uh, connectivity for all, universal connectivity. Hey, there is a roadmap that you could follow. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And there are folks that are doing it. If you want to work and focus on education, you want to focus on gender equality, or you want to focus on empowering women or reduce violence against women, there are mechanisms that exist. And now there are ways that one can engage. And a lot of what we try to do is make sure that people know that these things exist. So right now, I feel like we've done the awareness is there. Now we need to get to, so it's kind of like the educate we've engaged. Now we need to start to activate more folks. And that includes the private sector. That includes the private sector on how they are aware on how to do better. That's right. Exactly. And so going back to the public foundation, what do you see as the main strengths, the impact component of the public foundation? And how do you leverage that then to help achieve or move toward that goal of alignment with the global goals? So public, what, what we bring to the table is really our program, our, our multi-stakeholder sort of uh, um, platform, if you will, where our currencies are media, data, and technology. Historically, since 10 years ago, when we launched the foundation, really, you know, my, my idea was there's not enough money to solve every problem, but there's enough media, data, and technology to educate everybody on how they can help solve every problem, how they can be part of the conversation. So from our perspective, we kind of bring the sort of set of ingredients and a public-private mentality and a desire to really, you know, really push the, the goals, the sustainable development goal agenda forward as quickly as possible with a multi-stakeholder approach, right? Meaning that it can't just be private sector, it can't just be government, it can't just be civil society, it can't just be NGOs. We need all the different stakeholders at the table. So not only do we have accountability, but also we have the ability to get it done because we're bringing the different ingredients that are needed. And that is the most important part. And when I see some of the value propositions that we bring, whether when we were helping advance uh, conversations with the Obama administration all the way across to here with the sustainable development goals, it was always our ability to kind of set the multi-stakeholder program so that you know, the, the execution was the focus and getting and advancing the measurement, the telling the story, and bringing all these different tools that normally would not be accessible to the world of impact or to the you know world of the NGO community or government for that matter. Well, from from that perspective, again, I go back to lead by example, right? As, as an entrepreneur, I don't know any other way than just to do it, right? Just to figure out, not think, do it, and then think. Because if by doing, a lot of people will look at us and say, how did you guys get this far? Well, we didn't get by having think tanks around the conversation. We did it by doing, by taking a step and another step and then realizing who else we needed to bring to the table, how else we needed to drive the conversation forward, and then what, how we were going to get to that final um, end goal, if you will, right? What was the desired outcome? Work backwards and forwards. And, and really start to bring in. And again, it's not about us. We are a, 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 a sum of all the pieces. We are not a foundation that says, hey, this is our, this is what we bring and this is what we must do. I think what really makes, you know, the work that we do in our leadership style um, so unique is that, you know, we lead from a we, not me, 
And from our perspective, we're really more invisible than, than we are visible. And we, we, we like to remain that way so that we could give the ability to all the different partners to, to really have an opportunity to showcase what they're doing. That makes total sense. And, and so I'd like to shift a bit uh, on the same thematic of leadership as part of this Global Leadership Summit. Sergio, who are some of those leaders? Who are some of those leaders that have impacted you, that you've looked up to, that really you seek to model to help change the world? You know, I've been asked this question so many times, and, and I can't say I have a straight answer ever. Um, I'm like looking up in the air because I'm trying to figure out what was that, who are these leaders, and to think, you know, I think mo most of it is, you know, how I grew up, you know, the, the father figures that I had around me, the people that, you know, taught me, you know, to, to not sit in the back of the classroom, to lead, to not be quiet, to be vocal, to be active, to be a, a, a leader in community. And, and every time, you know, I feel like my, my personal journey has been made up of a lot of leaders who have given me ingredients that have led me to continue to evolve and grow. I can't say that there is one specific person. I think that there's many pieces that I admire of different people, of different leaders. I think one of my favorite humble leaders is the first time I met uh, Pope Francis. And, and the first time I met him, when you're done speaking with him, he said, pray for me. And, you know, just that level of humility really balances you out when you realize that here's a guy that the whole world is looking up to and everybody's asking him for something. But nobody is actually bringing something to the table and says, pray for me. And that's just so powerful. And I just think that in so many of these things, I feel like in my journey over the last, you know, close to 30 years of being an entrepreneur and, and an active member of community, I've, I, I, I listen, I pay attention and I watch what other people do and I learn and I absorb it. So from a, any sort of commercialized leader or anybody out there, I just, I, there's not one person. I think there's always something to learn from different uh, people. So I, 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 I unfortunately don't have one straight answer for that. Well, that, that's a, a very authentic answer to a very um, profound question. I think. And so shifting toward the tail end here of our interview to youth, um, the youth of the world are critical that they are the future. How are you in the public foundation working to engage, activate, motivate the youth of the planet? Well, a little uh, little secret. When we launched Public Foundation, that was really our our core MO was to really activate the next generation. When I was the chairman of the Young G8, one of the things, one of my quotes that I always uh, um, speak about is that when we were up there speaking. A lot of the leaders, this is like 20 years ago. A lot of the leaders, like, what a bunch of young people know anything about the global geopolitical space, and part of what really drove me back then and still drives me today about the next generation is that, you know, my statement was we, the next generation, want a seat at the table, not because we want anything. It's because we want to help you guide and show you what the future is going to look like so that we can help you make these decisions so that because we are inheriting this planet from you, but we want to make sure 
that as we are going to inherit this, that we are giving you some foresight, that we are giving you some ideas, some ability to think differently the way our generation, and I'm a Gen Xer, right? We have two other generations that have come since. And to me, what's really exciting is that each generation has got a new perspective and I think we, they need to be part of the conversation. We're very active with public foundation with every youth group around the planet. We were very instrumental in looking at, you know, how the youth envoy at the UN plays an important role. Um, you know, all the youth groups like Isaac, JCI, um, you know, we were very instrumental as well with the March for Science, which brought over a million youth together. Uh, the work that we do with the Pope's foundation is around empowering youth around the culture of encounter. Right. If we don't talk, uh, how are we going to get to know each other? How are we going to collaborate in music, the arts, all these different things that bring young people together? How are we using that as a means of creating better educated, more active civil society members? How can we you know, make them the next generation of leaders? Right. When you look at and you ask me, who do I look up to? Right. When you look at a young person, everybody's always saying, so who do you want to be like? I want to be like Mike. I want to be like the astronaut. I want to be this. But not ever do you hear somebody say, I just want to be a civil leader. I want to serve my community because we teach the young people to go so far out, which is great for inspiration. But then we need to give them a path to leadership. We need to make sure that all of these programs are leading them each step of the way. You don't go from step one to 100 right? You have to take step two, step three, step four. That's great that you have a hundred as your North star, but what about in between? And that's where, to me, it's been a lot of the areas that we've been very much focused with next generational programs over the history of the foundation and continue to, you know, March for Science is one of the platforms that we're now bringing in as a fiduciary, uh, uh, you know, we're going to be their fiduciary, which again is how do we activate these young, 1 million young leaders across the planet that are focused on where the future of climate is because they are inheriting this planet, right? They are inheriting this world and they're saying, hey, we are seeing what's happening with the floods in Pakistan. We're seeing what's happening, how our islands are going to be submerged in 10 years, right? What, where, what about us? And, and these young people have and bring a different perspective. So for us, it's a very, you know, although I can't consider myself young anymore, um, but you know, it's, uh, it, it's something that is, is very much the core DNA of public foundation. Sergio de Cordova, executive chairman of the public foundation. What is your call to action for the idea Jane global audience? I think that when people hear about the sustainable development goals or when people hear about, you know, global agenda it becomes so big, so hard to grasp that I think my message would be find that one thing, that one thing that you could relate to and try to do it every day. Even if it's just be kind to somebody, say good morning, say thank you. Um, just, you know, inspire somebody or, you know, help pick up garbage or whatever that is, little things that we could all do. I think if everybody did just one thing, you know, we would transform our world. And I think everybody has the ability to do something, help thy neighbor, all the way across to just, you know, be, uh, uh, you know, support your school, help your church, whatever it is that you're into, there's always something that you could do uh, just to be, you know, a good active participant in your community. And that in itself is advancing the sustainable development goals. And Sergio, what is a way 
folks across the planet can learn more about you and your work at the Public Foundation? Um, I guess just through publicpvblic.com, um, our foundation website. And, um, you know, some of our work, sdg.org is our data alliance. And that's, uh, you know, we, we have uh, that domain to make sure that there's only one domain to learn about the sustainable development goals when it comes to data. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll be growing that domain out to have more information. But um, I guess that's just uh, two things that easy to remember. Sergio de Cordova, Executive Chairman, the Public Foundation, honored to have this interview with you today. Thank you for all you're doing to literally change the world. Thank you, George. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you and the team at IdeaGen. Um, you guys are, are, are all amazing and I am uh, honored as well to be here and, and to have this uh, space. Epic.